You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you in trouble, though. Oh, you, yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in, welcome on in. It is Thursday Night Live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you are getting a rebroadcast from our Thursday Night Live. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. If you're listening to this on the podcast, be sure to leave me a nice five-star review because I love those reviews. Yes, we are going to be getting into Real Houses of Beverly Hills. We're going to dive into all the Beverly Hills stuff, okay? All the Beverly Hills tea. We're going to get into it. So get ready. I hope you guys have your wine handy, some no-filter wine, available at nofilterwine.com, 21 or older to order, sip responsibly, love you, mean it, appreciate you. Um, but yes, we're going to talk about Erica Jane, because there's some new stories circulating about her source of income. We're going to be talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're going to recap all of that. We're going to talk about the Sheldon and Finn case because there is an update there. And yes, at the end, we will talk Adam Levine and all the new accusations and DMs and all the stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff and all the things. Oh, I can't see video on YouTube. Are Russ, guys, can you see on the YouTube? Hi, Marianne. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Russ. Is the YouTube live stream working? Are we good? We good. We solid. You can see me. You can see me. You can hear me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Like, boys just come and go like seasons for delicious. Hold on, let me make sure the YouTube live stream is working. Sorry, guys. Is the stream working? I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I... Okay, I can see. Okay, good. So we're good. YouTube is good. Hi, guys. Thank you, Lex, Lexi, Eve. Hi, Charmin, BB. Welcome on in, everybody. I'll give you guys a couple more seconds to trickle on in. Hi, all. Yes, YouTube is great. I can see your pretty face. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Phil. I was a little hungover this morning. I'm not going to lie, guys. I was a little... I had a lot to drink last night. Um, hey, I get why Adam Levine was so passionate about using a pat phone. Oh, a payphone. I'm at a payphone. I don't know the words. Moves like Jagger. I got the moves like Jagger. I got the I got the moves. Okay, so I think we're we're getting a nice little crowd coming on in. Okay, so let's dive into it. If you guys are in the live chat, let me know where you're watching in from so I can give you a nice little shout out. Like I said, we're going to be recapping Beverly Hills. We're going to talk about Erica, her source of funding, because people are like, does she have a sugar daddy? Does she not have a sugar daddy? So we will get into all of that. We'll talk all about the Kathy stuff. Um, and then we'll, we'll recap at the end with the Adam Levine stuff. Okay. Ooh, Kate is, is watching from Seattle. Hi, Kate. Hi, Sheila. What's going on, Sheila? Hey, Joe. What's up, Joe? Please tell me it's Scooter Braun because they would be the best evil couple. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Erica Jane and Scooter Braun? Oh, my God. Hi, Zach. The only truth teller on Real House is a Beverly Hills. You know it. I don't placate to the audience. I don't listen to what people want me to say. I spit facts, baby. Sarah Bahu from Houston. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Marianne from Daytona. 
Aaron from Pennsylvania, Sheila from Orlando, Marta from Dallas. Guys, we will, we will be doing, uh, ooh, Siki from Sweden. Hello. We will be doing our next members only live stream next Thursday, the after party. So get ready for that. Make sure you become a member on YouTube. It's only $2.99 a month. So much tea to spill. So much fun that we're going to have. Lots of exclusive content. So get ready. Ooh, Nima is calling in from California or watching in from California. I always say calling in. Okay, well, let's dive into it. Erica Jane's cash flow has been revealed. So it was originally reported by Brandon Lowry at Law 360 that Erica Jane was receiving financial assistance to pay for her legal fees from a man by the name of Jim Wilkes. Yes, Aaron D says after party is the best. Aaron knows because last week's after party was lit and we have so much more tea to spill. Um, Okay, so... Erica's source, ooh, we're co- from Shanghai. OMG. Hi, Tia. Watching in from Shanghai. Yes, I love it. Thank you for tuning in from Sweden and Shanghai. Ooh, Angela in Central Florida. I love it. Okay, so Brandon Leary at Law360 is revealing that Jim Wilkes has been giving Erica Girardi money, okay? He's an attorney based in Florida, and he also appears to be a longtime friend of both Tom and Erica's. It seems like he's since distanced himself from Tom. He doesn't appear to have worked much with Tom or with Girardi Keese. It looks like there was a case that he referred to Girardi Keese like many, many moons ago. Um, I believe it involved like Cedric the Entertainer, and it seemed like he was based in, in, or he was in LA or based in California. And that's kind of how he was like, oh, well, I know a lawyer in LA or in California. So it seemed like he referred that case to him, but it doesn't appear like they worked together all that much, Tom and Jim Wilkes. Now, even though I, I've heard people be like, oh, well, this is Tom's friend. It doesn't appear that he was Tom's friend. Now, I did know about this report when it first came out. I initially did not plan on covering it for two really big reasons, okay? Number, reason number one was it seemed like he was just a longtime friend that kind of threw Erica a life raft when things were tough and she was getting ready to leave Tom and in the year after she left Tom, like it just seemed like it was a friend helping her out, right? Um, and number two, the main reason I didn't reveal this information when I first heard about it is because the information was never supposed to be made public. So legally, this information was sealed and it came from redacted court documents in the Sheldon and Finn case that is represented by Ronald Richards, okay? The only way that this got out, the only way that this leaked is because a lawyer, I'll let you guess who, tweeted it out. This lawyer tweeted out the court documents and accidentally leaked the info. Again, I'll let you guess who may have been the person to actually tweet this out. I'll leave that up to you guys for interpretation. Um, But anyway... Though the info was blacked out in the actual court documents that he tweeted, if you highlight it, like if you took your little cursor, if you took the mouse and you highlighted those redacted bits, you could still have access to the information. So you could still copy and paste the info and see what info was actually redacted. So, you know, that's why I say this was an accidental leak, right? Because nobody would intentionally leak court documents that in, that gave you access to information that the court had sealed and redacted. Because again, redacted means you aren't allowed to release it because the judge has agreed to keep that information confidential. So, you know, definitely unfortunate that it got leaked accidentally. Um, But anyway, so someone on Reddit ended up 
taking those documents and finding this information out. They revealed it on Reddit, and then it was later uh, published on Law 360 by Brandon Lowry. So since the court sealed this info and it wasn't supposed to get out, and to me it didn't seem that scandalous, I didn't really plan to talk about it, but it seems the Bravo docket has now brought some new life to it and has raised some questions about the timeline of the money. So let's break it down because I feel like the timeline is a little... It insinuates some things that I don't really feel like are, well, I guess they're not trying to insinuate things. The Bravo docket's pretty, um, they're pretty like good about staying objective and kind of just reporting the facts, which I really like about them. But it does feel like some people are taking this information and kind of adding their own conspiracy theories to it. But anyway, so the Bravo docket's timeline shows that on 928 is when Erica was served with the subpoena from the Rui Gomez family to uh, provide information that may be helpful in their case against Tom Girardi. So Erica addressed this at last season's reunion, claiming that every time that these things came up, Tom would diminish it and he would tell her, don't worry about it. Um, she said that she would ask questions and he would just like dismiss her, right? He would always be like, it's not that big of a deal. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like that's what she claimed on Beverly, on Real Housewives Beverly Hills, right? So now in October, 2020 is when Jim Wilkes opened up a bank account with Erica and wired $150,000 to her, to this joint bank account that he had with her. So he opened the account, put her name on the account, put this money, $150,000 into that bank account. Two weeks later on November 2nd, we see Erica files for divorce and she leaves Tom. We saw this all on the show. Six weeks later is when Tom is, ends up getting held in contempt and his assets are frozen. At the end of the year, Wilkes gave Erica another $100,000 and then another $150,000 in April of 2021. So maybe like five, yeah, four four months after the last payment. Um, and what, like seven, eight-ish months after the initial payment and after he opened the bank account for her. So in total, he gave her $400,000 with the last money coming in April of last year, April of 2021. So it doesn't appear that Wilkes has given Erica any more money since then. I got the impression that the Bravo Docket's timeline was insinuating that Wilkes was helping Erica possibly on Tom's behalf. However, I dug a little deeper, and if you actually look at Wilkes' social media, he doesn't appear to be happy with Tom Girardi at all. If anything, he seems to be very displeased by the whole situation and very displeased by what Tom Girardi had been doing and how you know there were clients that were claiming they hadn't been paid. And so he definitely does not seem to be Tom Team Tom. Um, he definitely definitely seems to be team Erica. And I would assume if you've known them for a really long time and, you know, someone comes to you and they're like, I'm right. I need to leave Tom. I don't know who to go to. I don't know who to trust. You're going to help your friend. You're going to help this woman try to get out of her situation. Right. So to me, he's seen Wilkes seems like a pretty stand up guy from what I've seen. I also think he's kind of cute. I was like, oh, Erica, if you were kind of sleeping with him, I wouldn't mind. Um, I believe he's single. I don't know if he's I know he was married. I don't know if um I don't believe that he's still married to his wife. But anyway, my take on it is this. Erica had a wealthy friend that loaned her some money, or maybe he gave her the money. Maybe he was like, listen, I got cash. 
you need help. Let me help you out. Let me throw a dog a bone, right? So listen, Erica said she had no access to her bank accounts. She said that Tom handled everything, that he was in full control of everything, in full control of the finances. His bookkeeper was the one running everything. So if she was leaving him, it would make it, it would make sense that she would have to open up a new bank account and that she would need some sort of cash flow outside of Tom in order to get out, right? In order to, you know, get a new apartment and pay people moving fees to pay her her assistant and all of that stuff to pay Mikey. So she couldn't just go to Tom and say, hey, hon, I need some money for a down payment on my new condo. Or, you know, hey, I need to pay my divorce attorney. Tom, can you write me, you know, is it okay if I put my attorney's fees on the Amex? Like, come on, like, let's really think about this critically, right? So Wilkes is in Florida. So I highly doubt that they're having an affair. I don't think he's a sugar daddy, but he definitely seems to be a friend. Um, And it seems like he did Erica a solid to get her on her feet after leaving Tom. I'm sure now she has all of her Bravo money and everything now going directly to her or directly into her Pretty Mess Inc. company. But at the time, if she was secretly leaving Tom, then this all sounds very plausible. And it sounds like he was helping her leave Tom. So I don't think it's any deeper than that. And if anything, this is the other big piece, you know, if anything, I feel like this actually helps her case against Edelson, who's claim who is coming after her for the orphans and the widows case, right? Right. He's claiming that that's the money that um, Erica used uh, or Erica was benefiting from. And now Edelson is trying to sue Erica for that $2 million that Girardi Keys didn't give to those orphans and widows, right? Well, the orphans and widows settlement, we remember the plane crash happened in 2018. It went into litigation in 2019 and it wasn't settled and the settlement money didn't come in until 2020, okay? So in 2020 is when the money came in for the orphans and the widows, Erica left Tom in 2020, and we now know that Wilkes was the one giving Erica money in 2020, which sort of says maybe Erica didn't really benefit from the orphans and widows money if she was already building her bridge to leave Tom and was no longer relying on Tom financially. I don't know. What do you guys think? It sounds plausible to me, a lot more plausible than some of the other conspiracy theories floating around out there. Wilkes has money. Erica needed a helping hand. He helped her out. Everyone was assuming she had some sugar daddy helping her out. So at least now we have a little more info into who was really helping her. Like I said, when I first found this out, it didn't seem super scandalous. It's like, oh, it kind of seemed plausible that she had a wealthy friend that was helping her out. I mean, if anything, it also seemed plausible that maybe she had a sugar daddy. But now it appears she doesn't have a sugar daddy. Or depends on how you want to, you know, define, um, define... Wilkes' role in all of this, but I mean, it just seems like he was a nice dude. He's also, he seems to have gone after Ronald Richards a lot on Twitter. Um, He doesn't like some of the practices that Ron had, so, or some of the practices that Ron has been engaging in. So I know they've shared words. Ron, I believe, has called him a troll and blocked him on Twitter. He has been hypercritical on social media, so... Mary Ann says, your version sounds better. Paige says, that makes sense. Aaron D says, sounds like this was just a decent guy trying to help out a friend in need. Right? Like, if I were in that situation, I would I would need somebody to help me out. Think about it. If you're trying to leave your husband, she said on the show, like, where was she going to go? Who was she going to go to? Like, there was nobody that she could actually... Hi, Elizabeth. I missed you too, my dear. To me, it sounds plausible. It doesn't sound like a far-fetched, crazy story. So could totally make sense. Right, Kate? Like, I just, if you're in that position, you're going to want somebody to kind of throw you a bone, right? So 
Okay, so that's that. Now we know where, how Erica was paying for her attorney's fees. It seems like maybe she's landed on her feet now that he is no longer giving her money. It was just the total. I think it was four hundred thousand, but it was the initial one fifty, then another hundred thousand, then another hundred and fifty thousand. So I'm pretty sure that's part of the money that she was using to kind of just stay afloat. Obviously, she has her housewife's money. I would assume book royalties and all of that are now being funneled directly to her rather than going through Tom or rather than going through Jordy Keese's bookkeeper, rather. So, but Erica said she left Tom with the clothes on her back and no money. That's true. She left Tom with the clothes on her back and no money. Wilkes helped pay for her expenses. I mean, you don't just actually leave somebody with no money and move into a new apartment. What do you think about the money coming out of his law firm? What do you mean? Out of Wilkes' law firm or out of Jordy Keese? I believe it's not what you know, but who knows in life. I believe it's not what you know, but who you know in life. Yes, I agree, Angela. It's all about who you know. Why did she lie about having no money then? I don't think she, well, she doesn't have money. She has no money. This is Wilkes' money that he was using to help pay for her divorce attorney and to help her get back on her feet. Um, I know Wilkes's. Uh, I don't know if the money came out of Wilkes's law firm, but I do know Wilkes's law firm was also put on the bank account as a financial controller. Um, and I do know that he also was acting as her personal attorney as well, or like giving her some sort of legal advice as well, because he was interviewed in Brian Lou- uh, sorry, Brandon Lowry's article on Law Three Hundred and Sixty. So he does give. Um, he does give quotes to Brandon that's in the article. So here's the thing. She's in a legal fight for her life, and she really can't disclose that. Exactly. That's why this information was redacted, and the court agreed to keep it sealed. Um, and obviously, it wasn't supposed to get out. It doesn't make sense. What doesn't make sense? When Wilkes gave her money, it became her money. Well, he didn't really give her the money because he was still the financial controller of that money. And so he was technically paying for her bills, but I believe he was the one in control of that money. Her name just kind of happened to be on the bank account. I mean, I guess, you know, semantics, apples and oranges, however you want to look at it. If you want to look at it as her money and you want to say she's a liar, fine, you can say she's a liar. Um, I don't think it's as insidious or crooked as people are trying to make it out to be. He helped her out. She borrowed money because she did not have any. There's no mystery there. Yeah, thank you, Siki. There's no mystery there. Um, There are pics of Wilkes, Tom, and Erica on his Instagram. Yes, there are. Like I said, they've been longtime friends for many, many years. Wilkes definitely seems to... Wilkes, and it seems like his wife knew Tom and Erica for a very long time. Thank you, Elizabeth Bag. I appreciate the three badges, my dear. Did the money go directly to her lawyer's? I would assume so. I would assume that's, I assume as her financial controller, he was, you know, paying for things on her behalf for her. Um, Plus it's nobody's business as long as it was done legally. Yeah. And it seemed like it was done legally. So, yeah. I don't know if the money went direct. I assume the money went directly to her lawyers. I assume that's what that money is being used for. Um, does it really matter if it went to Erica or directly to her attorney? I mean, I guess some people care because they're like, is she using this personally or is she using it? What my understanding is that 
because she he was listed as a financial controller and as somebody that was giving her legal advice personally as well. Um, who is paying for glam? I don't think anybody's paying for glam. Well, one, I do know like for reunions and confessionals, Bravo does have a glam budget, number one. And number two, I know Erica's assistant knows how to do hair and makeup. And even when we saw her like last season getting her hair and makeup done, it was her assistant, Laya. Yes, Glam. Does she pay 40000 a month for Glam in the past? Yeah, in the past, you guys, but not recently. Um, I feel like I gave you guys some very decent, concrete information, and people are now just trying to pick apart and, like, make this all sound like, I don't know, you're trying to connect dots that don't even connect, you guys. Um, okay, hopefully he isn't funneling victims' money back to her through the account and acting as this... Uh, as it's a good loan gift. Listen, from what I've seen, from what he's revealed, from what Brandon has reported, um, and I've spoken to um, to different attorneys, I've spoken to different people, you know, that understand this way better than I do. And from what I've gathered, none of it seems criminal or wrong or non-kosher in any sort of way. It all seems like literally just a friend helping a friend. That's the consensus that I've gotten, you know, from all of the people that I've spoken to. I trust their opinions and and personal professional opinions better than mine. I know what my conclusion was and they definitely seemed to validate my uh, confusion as well. You're saying she borrowed the money, but Zach is saying she never had the money. I'm confused. What are you confused about, Mary, my love? Um, I feel like I've been very clear with explaining it. He put money into a bank account, and that money was used to pay for her expenses. I don't know if she ever personally saw the money. I'm not saying she never had the money. I'm just saying I know that that money had a purpose of... I'm not going to keep explaining this. <laughs> this is silly. Okay, so let's get into the the latest ruling in the Sheldon and Finn case. I feel like people that wanted to... Or people that were willing to receive the information received it. The people that want to continue to t- take things out of context... I can't convince you guys otherwise, and I'm not going to try to. Um, Why is everyone obsessed with making Erica guilty of something? Her husband did it, put energy into Coach Shaw. I mean, that's a good point, Shannon. I don't, everyone is obsessed with trying to incriminate her in some way. He'd be disbarred if he was funneling funds from Tom's clients. Yes, I agree. I don't think there's any connection between Wilkes and Tom Girardi's clients. That's an amazing friend. I have good friends, but this is beyond generous. Well, listen, remember, even Sutton offered to give Erica money. Remember at the beginning last season, Sutton's like, listen, if you need to borrow money, I'm happy to loan you some money if you need to, because I remember when I was going through my divorce and I had to leave my husband and I didn't have his money. I needed a friend that gave me money and helped me through my, you know, department. You know? So, yeah. Um, So, Sutton agreed to help her. So, you know, I don't know why it's so evil that Wilkes ended up being the one to help her. Now we know why she didn't end up uh, needing Sutton's help. I actually like this friendship that Erica and Sutton seem to be building. Okay, so let's move on to the next piece, the latest ruling in the Sheldon and Finn case, and then we'll get into all the Rail Houses of Beverly Hills stuff because I know that's what you guys are really interested in. So let's talk Sheldon and Finn really quickly. We'll get into Beverly Hills, and then we'll get into Adam Levine. So the latest ruling in the Sheldon and Finn case 
It is now official. The judge has made a formal order to grant Erica Girardi's motion summary judgment. So she is now fully out of the Sheldon and Finn case. Erica Girardi is out of it. She is no longer a defendant in the case. The two These are the two attorneys that were suing Erica, EJ Global, and also separately suing David Lira for fees that they claim that they never received after working on a case with Girardi Keese back in 2008 and 2009. Thank you, Diane Shepard for the three badges, my love. I appreciate that. You guys are so sweet with the badges tonight. Snap, snap, pat the puss. Um, okay. So we remember Sheldon, Finn worked with Tom. They were co-counsel. They claimed that Tom didn't give them all of their fees that they were entitled to. So now they're suing, what, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 13 years later, we're now suing 13 years later after these attorney's fees did not come in. So they were suing Erica and EJ Global, claiming that they were aiding and abetting Tom's concealment of the funds. So Erica is fully out. She uh, still left as a defendant, though, is EJ Global and David Lira. It's likely that EJ Global will also be dismissed, though, but we'll have to wait and see, wait uh, until the next hearing, and the next hearing will be on. September 29th. So we know at the end of August, a judge made an initial ruling saying that, you know, he was removing Erica, but now the ruling, like now it's become official, essentially. The judge said that he was going to do this. And then we finally had the hearing last week where the judge is like, yes, I'm actually doing this. And so that's really all that means. Thank you, Shelly girl. I appreciate that. But there is a bigger update because it was reported by LA Magazine that the plaintiffs have dropped their case against EJ Global. However, that doesn't appear to be the full case because at first I was like, oh, wow, they, they're dropping their claims against EJ Global. Like, that's huge. But so I did reach out to both Erica's attorney, Evan C. Borges, and the attorney representing Sheldon and Finn, which is Ronald Richards, for comment. Ronald Richards claims that Mr. Sheldon has fallen very ill and that he will be dropping his case as a result of getting sick. And he just doesn't have, I guess, the, you know, the bandwidth to kind of keep going because he is sick and needs to take care of himself. Finn, however, Ron clarified, will still be moving forward. And Ron plans to appeal the judge's order to grant Erica's motion summary judgment to be relieved from the case. Evan Borges confirms that Sheldon is out of the case um, and that Sheldon has dismissed Erica and EJ Global with prejudice. So this is a with prejudice dismissal from Sheldon, which means Sheldon is not coming after her, even if his health does you know, come back. It was a with prejudice dismissal for Erica. We'll see where things go with Finn. Evan seems to be happy with the court's decision to grant Erica's motion. In my mind, it looks like it's going to be the first of many wins for Erica. We'll see what happens in next week's hearing, but it looks like EJ Global, I would put money on the fact that I think EJ Global is also going to be, you know, asked out of the case as well, but that's just my own personal speculation. That's my own personal prediction. It just doesn't seem in my eyes like there's an actual case against EJ Global if there's no case against Erica. You can't really aid and abet. Like it just, it to me, it seems like a bit of a stretch. Um, as Emily D. Baker likes to say, we keep trying to make fetch happen and fetch is not going to happen, which is a mean girl reference, mean girls reference. Um, so we'll have to see. I would never wait 13 years to get money I earned, right? Like it's a really long time to wait. Uh, um, 
isn't Ronald Richards behind most of these frivolous cases? Well, Mary Ann, so Ronald was, uh, he was formerly working for the bankruptcy trustee. He was hired as, as special counsel to investigate Erica. I don't believe anything was actually found. Um, and I believe he was fired from that case or they amicably parted ways. Um, you know, they both agreed to part ways. So he was with the trustee, then was not with the trustee. And now he's representing the Sheldon and Finn case. And he's also representing another case with Nicholas Cage's baby mama. Like the, the, one of the women that he, I don't think ever married, but I guess was dating and had a kid with is also suing because she's claiming that she didn't receive all of her settlement money. So I believe Ron is also representing her. I believe a lot of these cases, though, so Ron's only on two that I'm aware of. I believe all of these cases, though, are kind of making the same allegations. So it it kind of makes sense if... It kind of makes sense if um, she's getting dismissed from this case. We see Sheldon dismissed her with prejudice. Remember, we learned about with prejudice versus without prejudice because everyone was so hell-bent on without prejudice, and now we see that this is a with prejudice dismissal. Um, I would assume that this will likely follow suit for a lot of the other lawsuits against her. Um, Jaden said, Bravo Snarkside, who trashes Erica, DM'd back to me, and they said they talked to Ron, and they don't believe she will be kept in the $50 million lawsuit, and he and will he seems to be throwing everything at her for face. Well, it was interesting because I did see an interview that Ron did or part of an interview that Ron gave to uh it was a YouTube interview um on the real Andy of Beverly Hills and he was saying that you know Erica's going to win some of these dismissals and that you know if Erica does end up losing any of these cases, she'll just end up filing for bankruptcy. So in my head, I was like, well, if she's just, if you already know that she's going to end up filing for bankruptcy, then what's the point of like dragging all this out and continuing to go after her? If you know that she's probably not going to end up paying anything anyway. Like to me, it was just kind of a strange comment to make um, that I didn't fully understand. But I remember in that clip specifically like that is that's exactly what he said. And I remember Bravo Snarks, I did share that on their account, um, that specific clip. And listen, I know me and Bravo Snarks, I'd always ha- haven't always seen eye to eye. Um, and I'm pretty sure they hate me. But like um, that was a really interesting clip. And I watched and I was kind of like, huh, that if you are saying that, you know, that she's probably just going to file for bankruptcy in the end, then what is the point of dragging all of this out? Like, what is the point of even going after her if it's not like a personal vendetta or something? Right. I don't know. That's just my own my own thoughts. Shall we move on to Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Because I know a lot of people want to talk about it. I know a lot of people have feelings about it. A lot of people have a lot to say about it. Uh, garnish paycheck. I think the IRS is on that one. I don't know if they'll be able to garnish Erica's paycheck. To be honest, I'm so overhearing about Erica and this, in this case. I don't particularly like Erica and her ugly attitude, but I don't think she knew about what her husband was doing. Yeah, I feel like at this point, like, let's just let the mouse go. Like, go after the attorneys. Like, let's do our, like, let's, you know, really go after the people that were complicit in all of this stuff, right? That knew and still benefited, right? Everyone wants to say Erica benefited the most, but that's not true. These attorneys benefited the most because they were doing this year after year. It was in their salary. It was in their expenses. It was a lot more than just Erica. Um, 
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Yes, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah Bahu, for reminding everybody. Guys, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, be sure to hit the like button. Subscribe if you like the content. And be sure to hit that bell button so you always get those notifications spilled fresh. And if you're watching this on the Instagram, be sure to follow. Send me some love. I love you. I appreciate you. If they're going after Erica from benefiting from the money, then they should go after Tom's daughter too. Yeah, she was married to David Lira. David Lira was an attorney, or not just an attorney, he was a partner at the law firm. Why do you think the cameras are weren't uh, weren't there during Kathy's meltdown? So one, it was late in the night, because I keep seeing this question, why didn't the cameras catch Kathy's meltdown? One, it was late in the night. Two, I don't believe the club allowed them to film. The club said, no, no filming. And remember, Kyle's like, let's just do one last drink. Let's have a nightcap. Cameras down. The producers were there. Production was there kind of hanging out and having drinks. Uh, cameras weren't rolling because it didn't happen. That's not true, Alex or Alexa. Um, cameras weren't there because they weren't allowed to go into that specific club. Remember, when they film these things, you have to plan it in advance. So when they're going to a coffee shop or they're going to shop in a store, production has to plan that in advance. In some cases, they need permits depending on where they're filming, um, uh, release agreements from the owner of the shop or the owner. That's why when you see them coming in to shop on certain scenes on Housewives, Mics would be hot. You wouldn't need a hot mic if you're not filming anything. Like, why would they all go into the the club with mics and no cameras? Production, like, production was done for the day. It was late at night. I don't think they thought that they were really going to catch anything. Um, so it wouldn't make sense as to why the mics would still be hot. Because why would you have the mics running? Why weren't the cameras in the van. So the cameras in the van, again, it's the end of the night. Um, the cameras in the van, I believe you can turn those on or off. I believe at the end of the night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Caribbean club would not allow that. Yeah. The Caribbean caribou, caribou club would not allow you to film in there, especially because it's a private club. It's a little more elite. They have, you know, people that are there that are big on privacy. So it made sense as to why they weren't filming their production did not allow it. That's also true. Yeah, Lorraine. Like, here's the thing. Cameras, literally, Kyle's literally like, let's have one last drink before we all go to bed. And Eric even says, like, what's the worst that can happen? Where's the driver at? They all have to sign NDAs. I'm pretty sure that's why the DJ isn't talking about it either. Um, wouldn't there have been cameras in the car? Yes, there were cameras in the car, but the cameras are usually, I mean, I would assume there wouldn't have been a need to keep them on. Um because when you're done filming a scene, you don't really need to keep it on. Like if cameras were down, producers were done for the day, they were all having drinks with the cast, it wouldn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, we knew this. But then I'm like, oh, wait, Zach, give us that info. Production would have had audio in the van. So nope, I don't believe it. The, the audio is connected to the cameras, my love. And here's the other thing. Okay, so let's get into let's get into the Beverly Hills stuff. Um, so we see the aftermath of of uh, Kathy's meltdown, right? Which we see Erica, we see Lisa Rinna, we see Kyle, we see Dorit, we see Sutton, and we see Crystal in this episode talk about Kathy having a meltdown, right? Erica says Kathy had a breakdown. 
Dorit remembers Kathy yelling at them. Diana witnesses Kathy yelling at Kyle. Sutton says that Kathy yelled at her for not wanting to leave with her. Remember, she said, Kathy got in my face and she said, if you don't leave with me right now, you're not my friend. And how she kept wanting everyone to do the conga line. Kyle remembers Kathy getting upset with her and getting in her face and wanting her to leave. So all of the girls are saying they all remember Kathy getting upset. Garcelle wasn't there and Cherie wasn't there. We see that because we see them leaving and we see them saying goodbye for the night, right? Because they ended up heading back to their rental they were at the rental who was staying with them at the rental because erica Dorit, they were staying with diana um so i think oh sutton was the only one that's staying at the rental that didn't go home with them because she was there um and then crystal i'm a little iffy about crystal because i get it like that's her friend um and you want to protect your friend but even crystal says she remembers some commotion but she didn't really see what happened but she at least admits that something happened right so now rena says that kathy continued to spiral and she was giving erica a play-by-play of everything that was going on which kyle says that she remembers seeing and she apparently was not in any rush to go home to that which to me sounds like kyle might be used to this kind of behavior if she wasn't alarmed by rena's text and alarmed by Kathy's behavior in Erica's text messages still at the club. So she also didn't want to leave home to go to Kathy. So it sounds like she didn't want to be around Kathy when she's in this sort of mood. So it kind of, I got the impression that Kat, that Kyle was probably used to something like this. And Kyle was like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm not dealing with it. Um, And I actually think Kathy let her guard down because she knew that cameras weren't up, because she knew that they weren't mic'd, because she knew that there wasn't an opportunity for any of this to be caught. And I don't think she thought any of the women would actually bring it up on camera. But for me, the blind support for Kathy is kind of wild because it feels like I see so many people and they're like, well, this is all based off of Rena's word. But it's not based off of Rena's words. It's based off of all of their words, right? Sutton is saying it. Dorit is saying it. Erica's saying it. Rena's saying it. Kyle's saying it. Diana's saying it. Like Sutton literally says, Kathy yelled at me. She literally said, Kathy yelled at me and said, if you don't leave with me right now, you're not my friend. Kathy told Rena because she knows Rena has major credibility with the fans. Has lost major credibility with fans. I mean, listen, I don't even think Kathy thought that far into it. You know, I honestly don't think Kathy ever thought that this information was going to go out. Thank you. This is what I told my friends. Um, Which part? Which part, Zach? Um, Yes, blind support for Kathy. It's just, it's odd to me because I'm like, everybody is saying that something happened, right? And my thing is, it's like, even from just like a logical, critical thinking perspective, right? Like, let's take Rinna and Erica and their reputation and their credibility. Like, let's take that out of it, right? All of these women have said that Kathy was having some sort of spiral at the club. Okay. Um, And my thing is, it's like, if Kathy is spiraling at the club and yelling at the women, what do you think the second she got into the sprinter van, she, what, just calmed down and was like, okay, now I'm going to be well behaved. Like, no, if she's, if you're on a bender, if you're on a spiral, if you're having a moment, you're not just going to all of a sudden walk outside and be like, okay, I'm good. I'm in the sprinter van now with Lisa Rinna. I feel safe. I feel good. Like, no, like, what, you're all of a sudden just going to stop ranting, you're going to stop yelling, you're going to stop being upset, like no more conga line, like that's it. All of a sudden everything's hunky-dory just because you walked out of the club and into a sprinter van. Like to me, that's the crazy part because everyone's like, I don't believe it. What don't you believe? Everybody says it. You don't believe all of them? So weird. Kathy Hilton knows nobody would believe right now. I, I honestly don't even think it's that deep. 
I don't think it's that deep. Kathy may have been tipsy and reckless with her words. That's what I think. I think Kathy was tipsy. I think she was reckless with her words. I think, you know, why not use a cell phone to record it? One, I don't think you, if you use a cell phone to record it and you aren't, like, I don't know if the women are allowed to record each other without consent. Um, I think Kathy would have definitely buttoned it up and pro- or maybe flipped out at Lisa Rinna if she saw her filming it. I don't even think Rinna thought to film it. I think Rinna was like, let me get Kathy home. Like, let me, you know, like she said, she's like, I got, like Dorit said, she, Rinna decided to take Kathy home because she was in a drunken rage. Yes, Marianne, in a drunken rage at the club. We've all seen Lisa Rinna lie on the show. Where, when has she lied? When has Lisa Rinna lied on the show? Um... She said Denise had an affair. That's what Brandy said. Um, she asked Dorit if people were doing coke in her bathroom because she thought people were doing coke in the bathroom. That was her own assumption. That wasn't a flat-out lie. She wasn't saying people are doing coke in your bathroom. She asked Dorit, were people doing coke in your bathroom? Um, I mean, I don't know. The way people are twisting themselves into... into um, so, okay, so let's get into it because a lot of people, are, I, I see this comment a lot too, right? Um, with people saying, Kyle spiraled the night before. Why can't Kathy have a spiral? So the issue is Kim is near death. That was her own belief though. She was like, I, that, I wouldn't say that that's a lie. I mean, if she said, here's the thing. If she said, I saw Kim Richards drinking at six in the morning yesterday, right? That's a lie because that did not happen, Right. Kim being near death is her own speculation. It's her own sort of belief. She said Kim was dying. But that again, that's her own, it's speculation. I think Kathy did have a meltdown, but Lisa Renna had the uh, propensity to be hyperbolic with her rhetoric. It's like Kim, yeah, I agree. I actually agree with Joe in this. That I think it's hyperbole, right? I think she exaggerated it a little bit. Um, Kim was sober then that we think we think Kim was sober then but like how many times has Kim said that she was sober in the early seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when she wasn't sober and not only that Sheila that same season is the season Kim took that pill remember Kim and Lisa Rinna were in the car together on their way to Eileen's house when Kim was acting loopy remember and she was like snapping at Lisa Rinna and she was acting loopy and we see the footage of that so it's not hard to assume that maybe Kim isn't actually sober Um, she said that Yolanda had Munchausen, pardon the spelling. She didn't say that she had munch. This is, I feel like this is how it was when Brandy and Denise, the affair came out and people are like, Brandy said this and Brandy said this. And I was like, Brandy didn't say that. Brandy actually said this. She never said, again, that's speculation. Munchausen, claiming that someone has Munchausen. You know how many times I say somebody has Munchausen because they're hypochondriacs? That's not me. That's not me lying. It's, you know, and she read the definition and she was like, it sounds like she has Munchausen. She wasn't making an accusation. She was, again, raising, you know, a concern or whatever. Um, how do we know that this incident wasn't staged? Kathy? How do we know that Kathy's meltdown wasn't staged? What do you mean? Um, Rinna is dramatic and calls stuff out. What doesn't work about Rinna is that no one can say anything about her. I mean, that's a good point. 
you know, she calls people out. She can take it, but she can't. What is it? You can take it, but you can't. Or you can dish it, but you can't take it. I would agree with that. I think Rinna definitely is hypercritical when people come after her, but she's very good at, you know. Um, no, Rinna actually said someone suggested to her that Yolanda could have had Munchausen syndrome. Yes, that's true, Siki. She did say someone, my friend said it's possible that she has Munchausen. And then she's like, hey, Lisa Vanderpump. Hey, Kyle Richards. What do you guys think? This is the definition of Munchausen. This is what my friend said that she could have. So again, it wasn't like a lie. Like the, the word lie, I think, is a lot of them can dish it but can't take it. I agree with that, Russ. Lisa actually said herself that she lied about Kim. It was all, it was not true. What did she, I don't remember her saying that she lied about Kim. But I mean, listen, if she lied and she owned it, then she owned it. Tell him, Zach, I don't understand. These people just don't get it. I think it's that people have already made up their mind, right? Um, I think. The, the mind has been made up. Why hasn't she lied? Exaggerations are lies. Not necessarily. Like if I say, oh my God, it's freezing outside. That's an exaggeration. But if it's just a little chilly, I think that that's also subjective. One person's freezing. Like I'm from LA. If you go to somebody that's from like Minnesota, the weather is going to be different. To me, freezing might be a nice cool breeze for somebody else. It's not necessarily a lie if I'm exaggerating it. Um... Uh, and like Erica said, why is everybody scared to say something about Kathy? Oh, well, actually, there's a point that somebody made about how how Kyle had a meltdown the, or spiraled the night before. And why is it not OK for Kathy? So. So here's the thing. So what does not come up, at least not yet, and I'm hoping that it does, is the homophobic slur. And I'm pretty sure it comes up maybe in the next episode. I know a lot of people were saying that there was a racial slur. I don't remember and I don't remember co-signing the racial slur I don't remember hearing about a racial slur other than seeing some rumblings about that on Twitter the rumor that I heard on Twitter not from any verifiable sources was that she referred to the DJ with a racial slur I don't know where that rumor originated from or where it came from I just know that I remember hearing about the homophobic slur that Erica heard and I believe Erica does bring it up at some point Come on, tell us your team, Rena, without telling us your team, Rena. I listen, my love. I'm not looking for a fight with you. If you don't like what I have to say, you're more than welcome to walk on. I got plenty of viewers. Listen, we got a whole people, whole bunch of people on YouTube. We got people on Instagram. I have plenty of podcast listeners. If you're not into it, I'm not going to be offended by it. I send you love. I'm not here to fight with any of you guys. Um, but so, like, it, it, honestly, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, trust me, I've heard it all. They've talked about my hair. You've talked about my face. You've talked about, you know, I wear too much makeup. I have ugly teeth. I have bad opinions. I'm an Erica stan. I'm a, like, none of, like, it, it, honestly, it doesn't, and it means nothing to me. Um, but so back to the Kathy thing. So the racial slur, I mean, not the racial slur, the homophobic slur. I can't, and I can't co-sign the racial slur. I've said it a million times. I don't know anything about that other than what Twitter has said. What I can say is that there were two sources, not housewives. The two people that I spoke with while Aspen was happening were, are two people that are not on the show. They are not cast members. They have no skin in this game and they have, you know, nothing to actually, Rena has a history of exaggeration. Yeah, I don't believe exaggerations are lies. I think they can be dependent on the exaggeration, but I think in this case, I don't believe her exaggerations were flat out lies. Um, like lying is like you have the intention of deceiving somebody, right? Um, 
But anyway, I have two sources, both of which confirmed this version of events from what actually went on that night. So I'm not going off of Lisa Rinna's word, nor am I going off of Erica's word or any of the women's word because two other people that were um, giving me this information while this was happening and the day after. So this is what they talked about. This is what happened at the club, blah, blah, blah. Like I was getting all of this information in real time as things were starting to break at the club the next morning when everybody was talking about it when they were talking about it on the plane and so from my understanding they talked about the homophobic slur which was the fag word that kathy allegedly used um or that's what she called or referred to the dj she referred to him as an old fag at the club because she was getting upset with everybody she also got upset with the dj and then called him an old fag stop defending lisa she's full of it again if you don't want to be here you guys are more than welcome to leave. Heather McDonald was telling Justin Martindale the story and he got all confused. He thought Kathy called the DJ a pedophile and she called Michael Jackson an old FAG. No, from what I heard, and listen, I, I can say that I'm, you can't just believe me because Bravo, not Bravo, um, Queens of Bravo was also revealing this information in real time as well on Twitter. So I wasn't the only one that was getting these details. So me and Queens of Bravo, I've never communicated with Queens of Bravo other than publicly, like on Twitter or Instagram and in comments. So listen, if we were both getting these stories or these inf this information, and I highly doubt Lisa Rinna was Queens of Bravo's source as well. So just because I don't think they really like Lisa Rinna all that much. Um, so it wouldn't make sense. Like other people witnessed this behavior. Like I said, production, producers, crew members, all were at the club with these women. They remember what was going on. Other people have access to seeing what's happening other than the cast. So, yes. But in in response to Shar's comment about Heather and Justin on Juicy Scoop, so... To refresh everybody's mind, apparently as Kathy was spiraling, she went up to the DJ. She requested Michael Jackson. The DJ said, no, go back to Los Angeles. And she got upset. She came back to the other women and then was like, oh, that old FAG told me to go back to Los Angeles. And she was like pissed off about that. So that's why in so that's why the episode seems a little choppy and off because these women are talking about Kathy doing this awful thing right and everybody's like why are they why are they getting upset that Kathy had a meltdown Kathy had a spiral Erica snapped at people Rinna snapped at people Kyle snapped at Dorit the other night so I get that but they're referring to the things that Kathy was saying such as dropping these slurs so or this one particular slur is the only one that I know of that I heard of I don't actually I actually don't think I heard of the slur that night. I think I heard of the slur like the next day or a couple of days after that. But I did hear about Kathy spiraling in real time um, and like getting upset with the women. Do we have any intel on how Aspen was addressed in the reunion? It all came up at the reunion, Zach. Zach Zab Zaban. It all came up at the reunion. As far as from what I've heard, Erica does bring up the old FAG comment and it is brought up on camera. It's brought up whether or not, and I've said this for, for months now, I wasn't sure if Bravo was actually going to air it or if they were going to edit it. And my prediction was they were going to focus on the Kyle stuff, on what Kathy said about Kyle. I heard some of the things that Kathy said about Kyle at the Caribou, Caribou Club, um, and they're not great. I've heard about things that she said about her for a while, though, and they're not very great. Um, so 
from the things that I have heard, I can understand the outrage. She knows she exaggerates there by she is lying. Oh my God, are you still here? My God, I, I thought we were over this, my love. Um, Kathy has issues with Kyle's husband. Yes, Kathy does have issues with Kyle's husband. I think it's way deeper. I heard Kathy made a homophobic start. Yes, exactly. Oh, sorry. I'm a little behind on the comments, guys. I realized I have a, a lot that came in. Um, the makeup is very cakey. Okay. I, I mean, there's a filter on this video, so maybe that's what you're referring to. Um the real love, there's no real love between the sisters. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't wait for the ex-producers NDAs to expire. I know about that. I mean, I agree with you on that is what I mean. Um, Re-edited the last three episodes. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I did hear it. I can believe it. Um, after reading House of Hilton, nothing surprised me. Yeah, we read House of Hilton. So this character of behavior, this um, makeup looks good. Tell them to sh Listen, there's a filter on the Instagram video. So, I mean, if you want me to take the filter off, it's not a strong filter, but it like is, you know, it just kind of smooths everything out. The real, the canceled talk show. Uh, Erica was able to be justified when she bragged about the price of the earrings. That's beyond. Yeah, I didn't love that. Um, Zach, you look fantastic as always. Ignore the negativity. Thank you. I appreciate that, Karma Mims. Um, I do agree that Rinna exaggerates. I think that it's to stir the pot and create drama for the show. Yeah, I agree. But again, I'm not going just based off of Rinna's account of things. I'm going based off of Erica and Kyle and Doree and Sutton and Diana, who were all there. And the two people that I heard this information from as well. That again, aren't on the show. What's your take on Erica giving back the earrings? Uh, she gave them back. The judge said give them back and she gave them back need some setting powder, to be honest. Um, I'm actually out of setting powder, so that's a, a good recommendation. I have to go back to Target to get some. Um, Zach, you look great. Don't listen. Thank you. Kathy Hilton is mad that Mo established a name for himself and wanted to venture out on his own, and he did it successfully. Listen, Mauricio is self-made. He built the agency. I mean, I know people have theories about him and all this other stuff, but listen, he did well for himself. Oh, my God. Think... One thing to take away from all of this is I would be sure to just be superficial friends with these ladies for the perks and the luxury trips, but would not trust any of these hosts. I know that's right, Joe. I know that's right. Kathy having problems with Mauricio 12 years after he left the real estate firm. She really is an idiot. Sorry. I mean, listen, stop with the makeup shit. God, listen. Yeah. Uh, the brows are on fleek. Zach, you're a cutie. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the the sweet things. Um, if you need setting powder, that equals what? He stole Kathy Hilton's client or Hilton's clients. I mean, maybe, but that's also like if you have like if you work at an agency, right? Like talent agencies. If you work at a talent agency, let's say for example, um, WME. Okay, big talent agents or CAA. Let's say you worked at CAA and you were representing all these actors and actresses and then you decide to leave CAA to go off on your own. Those are still technically your clients though, right? I don't know. Um, I haven't seen what Bravo Dog has posted about Mauricio. I haven't dove into the Mauricio stuff, so I can't really comment on that. But yeah, uh, psychology says siblings are narcissists of a narcissistic parent can never get along a lifelong pitting one against you. And for, yeah, sure. And from what we read in house of Hilton, she liked to 
pit people against each other. Your makeup is very good on YouTube. Thank you, Siki. Okay, so uh, since everybody loves to talk about my fucking makeup. So I literally, I use a tinted moisturizer that I put on my face. It's literally a tinted moisturizer. It's not foundation. It's not anything super heavy. It's literally a tinted moisturizer and I put concealer under my eyes and I do a little fill-in of the brow. That's literally it. Just because I'm a little bald in some of the brow, in some of the spots on the brows, so I fill them in a little. I fill in the bald spots. I do a little under eye concealer, and I I use a tinted moisturizer. I like it because it's not as thick and cakey as a foundation. Fuck. If we're gonna talk about it, then th- there you go. There's the truth. Um, as a client, you choose who to use as your realtor for each transaction. Yes, Sarah. So I think that was probably it. As a realtor, he left uh, Hilton's. A real estate place and decided to open up his own and those clients chose to go with him right they can choose to leave uh the hiltons and then go off you know let's have a makeup tutorial we are not having a makeup tutorial zach you never have to explain yourself i know but when it keeps coming up it's like oh my god it's frustrating you know it's hard because then it's like when we do lives and I like read the the Apple podcast reviews and people are like, oh, he's so mean to people in the live chat and he's condescending and he's smug and he's this and he's that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, how would you feel if you were sitting in my seat and you tried to have a good show and people were constantly talking shit about you and you have to see it live as it's coming in? Like, God, I'm fucking human, you guys. Um, okay. So later in the episode, it appears... Um, Okay, so in Erica's confessionals in this episode, though, I'm just not going to look at any of the comments, guys. Sorry if I ignore you. Um, But so in Erica's confessionals, she's teasing that, like, there's more to come, right? Which leads that, like, Kathy Hilton, like, people are not who they say they are. And so to me, it kind of felt like there was some foreshadowing about the slur that may possibly be revealed in the next episode. We know that the next episode features Erica's pretty mess hair launch. And then we get to the finale. Kathy is not in the finale. I believe there's only one more scene we get with Kathy, and that's at Kyle's house where Rin is there, and that's where we have that kind of face-to-face. And I don't believe Kathy was actually aware that Rinna was going to be there. I also didn't think Kathy was at Crystal's birthday party, her 20s birthday party, her Gatsby-inspired birthday party, because we didn't see Kathy in any of the photos. So I didn't even realize Kathy was there until the episode actually came out, and we saw, oh, Kathy did come out. So... Thank you for always being honest and having a bipartisan opinion. You just say the facts. I try. I can't say I'm always unbiased. I know I definitely have my moments. Drink a sip of that wine, babe. Thank you, JC. Um, please, no makeup tutorial. Leave that to Bethany. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Poor Bethany. She's trying. She's trying to be TikTok famous. You get it, girl. I actually would have never known that you wear makeup. You look very natural, and I didn't get why anyone would bully you that way. I don't consider it bullying. Um, I think a bully is a really strong word and you can only bully people when you have higher ground and you're picking on somebody that's more vulnerable. I don't consider myself to be vulnerable and I don't consider anybody that's dragging me in the comments without a profile picture in any way higher than me um, in any shape or form. So, um, okay. So yes, I think the homophobic slur might come up since Erica seems to be teasing that in her confessionals. It may just be the editing that's getting us to that point. Maybe it gets revealed in the finale. Maybe it does get revealed at the Pretty Mess Hair launch party. I'm not entirely sure. We'll have to see how it all, you know, how it all comes together. At least you don't have 90s plucked brows. Listen, that was the trend back then. I can't really judge anybody for it. But listen, you can fill them in. You can do microblading. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. 
So <laughs> you can fix the 90s brows. Kathy needs to rehab her image after the Paris stock. I think that's why she joined Real Housewives Beverly Hills as an attempt to rehab her image. But it's, you know, it's interesting for sure. The editing was very choppy in this episode. It was very choppy, and I think it's because the slur was not actually revealed in this episode. And that's like a big part of why you see them having such a big reaction. Because if you think about it, if somebody's just having a little fit in a moment, then like, okay, you're having a fit in a moment, right? But if you're having a fit in a moment and you're dropping slurs like this, that's a lot bigger. It's a much bigger story, you know? Um, I live in Australia and I heard about this slur months ago through another Real Houses of Beverly Hills fan. Like, how does it even reach us? That's so funny. See? It's out there. And isn't it funny that right after that, Kathy went on like a whole I Love Gays tour where she was going to all these LGBTQ events. Like it was just very convenient timing for her to be going to a lot of LGBTQ support sort of events and stuff. I also found it very calculating that when the Aspen tequila episode aired, she sent gay Bravo bloggers and gay Bravo influencers, not me, but others sent them a PR box that said bottoms up with a bottle of her tequila. Very convenient timing. I didn't get one. And since I didn't get one, I went out and I bought me a bottle of 818 tequila. Oh, where was Kim when this all went down in Aspen? Could you imagine Kim? Oh, my God. Okay, so we have Crystal's 20s party. We see Rinna leave Crystal's house because she's really uncomfortable with Kathy. Now, I had, again, I had no idea that Kathy was actually going to be there. I was shocked that she came. I don't think she knew that the women were talking about her meltdown in Aspen um, until Crystal and Erica bring it up after Rinna leaves. And then Kathy seems to get, you know, downplay it and she seems a little quiet and she doesn't really seem to be engaging with the women at all. Um but here's the thing. I agree with Erica when Erica's talking to Diana and Dari, and Erica's like, listen, if my behavior is being di- discussed, then we should discuss Kathy's behavior as well. And I agree with her. Rinna's behavior has been pulled into question. Erica grilled Rinna about how she treated Denise. Remember, she kept bringing it on the next season. She kept bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. And like, you better apologize to Denise. So Garcelle put Lisa Rinna's feet to the fire about how she treated Denise. So like, why can't we? Erica's been hammered for the past two seasons. Why shouldn't we also talk about Kathy Hilton? I think let's mention it all, right? It looks like we'll continue to see it more at the Pretty Mess hair launch party next week. I hope that we also get to see Erica and Sutton's Popeye lunch. If it doesn't come next week, maybe it'll come in the finale. But I listen, the Popeye lunch was funny when Erica came over and she's like, oh, my God, you're putting Popeye on uh Wow, I actually don't look that terrible for not having a filter on this Instagram live because the bitches want to talk shit. Um, this is me. This is how I really look. IRL. No filter. There's no filter on this video. Period. Dot. Um, okay. So I can't wait for that. We saw that scene in the mid-season trailer. We also saw Dorit and Kyle at the Compart Chocolate Factory. I want to go there now. It's in West Hollywood, right? I think it was in West Hollywood. I think it's by Melrose Place. From the outside, it looked like it was. Diana with the quack, quack comment. It's true. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, then, you know, it's not a horse. Thank you, Amy Hawkins, for the badge, my love. You don't need a filter. Thank you, Anna Paz. Well, I just wanted to show people that this is what I really look like since they're like, your makeup looks cakey. I'm just like, I'm not, what what looks cakey to you? Um, If the episodes were edited, it will be the end of calling people out on Housewives. I agree, but people want to defend Kathy, so they're creating this. They're allowing this. They're enabling this. I agree with Andy Cohen when Andy said the fans are ruining Housewives. Okay. 
So that's all of the Beverly Hills of Zach. Let the trolls be trolls under the bridge. Yes, I'll throw them some crumbs. Um, okay, I like Dorit. I like Dorit's then Garcelle's. Dorit's what? Oh, okay. Can we talk about Dorit and Garcelle then Cherie? Can we talk about Garcelle and Cherie? Because that scene was so funny when she Cherie comes over to Garcelle's house and then she writes her name in a highlighter on the card. I like Cherie. I think Cherie's funny. Um, I also like that she doesn't just, even though she's Garcelle's friend, she doesn't just immediately fall in line with what Garcelle says. Like, she's kind of like, no, I have my own train of thought and I'm, you know, this is how I feel. With the earrings, she's like, Garcelle's like, I would give up the earrings. I would totally give up the earrings. And then Cherie's like... Sure, but, like, it would be hard to just be, like, here. I wouldn't just give them up and be, like, here, take the earrings. You know, like, that would be hard. And listen, as much as I, like, I would say, and I know even Dorit on Watch Happens Live was, like, I would give up the earrings. I would think that I would give up the earrings, right? But if my legal counsel was telling me otherwise, if, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of reasons why. I don't agree with her keeping the earrings. I'm just saying in those shoes, would we actually do this? What did Andy say or not say? Andy said something on, I believe, his radio show where he said that the issue with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is more of the Twitter fans rather than the actual behavior on the show, which I agree. These people are always like, oh, my God, uh, these women are awful and toxic and mean. And the people that are saying that are like some of the most toxic and mean people on the Internet. Um, okay. Is there a way to kick somebody out of this thing? Okay, so ready for Jen Shaw's redemption arc this season? You mean the redemption arc that leads her to prison? Because <laughs> she, at the end of it, pleads guilty. Um, okay, Erica can't give up anything without a fight or she would lose everything. I mean, yeah. Okay, should we talk Adam Levine? Because listen, you guys, I have a confession to make. It's really hard to, to talk about because I wasn't planning on addressing this, but... I, too, fucked Adam Levine. Same way Patrick Summers fucked Harry Hamlin. Um, listen, so earlier this week, we saw OnlyFans model Sumner uh, Stroh. She came out claiming that she had a year-long affair with Adam Levine. She said that she was naive and she'd never lived in L.A. before, so she didn't realize that these things happen, and she felt manipulated into having an affair with him. Like, you know, she accidentally fell, and then his dick hit the back of her throat on the departure down. So um, <laughs> she also claimed that she wasn't planning on ever coming forward with this, but that a friend threatened to leak it to the press. Well, looking at her DMs, because I was actually like reading through them, what she revealed from the DMs that she did reveal, right? In those DMs, it looks like they met on a plane and then he slid into her DMs afterwards, but there's no proof that they had an actual affair. Like there's no sext sexting between them. There's no dick pics. There's no DM of plans to meet up. There's literally none of that. So to me, it just seems like she was a clout chaser, right? And now a young woman by the name of Abby Neal has come forward on TikTok and she's claiming that she used to date Sumner's brother and that Sumner and her her sister Balin were awful towards her and that they hazed her and that their mom wasn't nice to that to her either. And that ultimately led to their breakup. But she also says that she doesn't trust Sumner's motives. And she mentions that Sumner is very calculated and she went to marketing school or she went to school for marketing, sorry. And that she thinks that this was all orchestrated. Well, it's interesting because Megan Stewart or sorry, Morgan Stewart, 
don't know why I said Megan, sorry. Morgan Stewart uh, from E! came out on Daily Pop, and she said that Sumner reached out to her and wanted to reveal this information herself weeks ago. So it appears that Sumner is probably a cloud chaser and is kind of just doing this for attention. And so now more women are sharing their flirty DMs they got from Adam Levine. And again, I'm still not convinced. I said this earlier in the podcast this week. I'm not convinced that he cheated on his wife. Like these messages are flirty, very flirty, inappropriate. I don't like them. I don't think it's cool that you're flirting with other girls when you have a wife and kids at home. But flirting is not cheating. I even saw that like people were circulating an old interview that Adam gave, I think, with Cosmopolitan back in 2009. They're recirculating the interview from 2009 where he said that he admitted to cheating in the past, where he said, I've been cheat, people cheat, I've been cheated on, I've cheated, people cheat. And so people are like, see, he said that he cheated. Yeah, he said that he cheated 13 years ago in a past relationship when he was a young, dumb kid. Listen, he may have cheated on his wife. I'm not saying that he didn't. I'm just saying I haven't seen any proof of it. And all of the messages that I've read are all very flirty. What, he tells girls that they're hot? But DM is cheating, talking about how hot someone is. Is that cheating? People flirt. People pay people compliments. Saying that somebody else is hot isn't cheating, is it? I think if he sent them a dick pic, I think if he met up with them, I think if there was intent to meet up with somebody, that's different. If there was a naughty FaceTime, that's different. But telling somebody that they're hot in a DM to me is not cheating. He's Is he still a slumbag? Is he still a, 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 a slob kebab sleaze dude, sleaze ball? Sure, yeah. Is it gross that he's talking to other women with the wife and kids at home? Yes, it's gross. Is he a serial flirt? That's what it looks looks like he's not great but this outrage is like ridiculous i'm like we're bringing up interviews from 2009 really like can we take it down a notch guys like this isn't a me too situation how are you taking advantage of somebody when it's literally engaging and respond like these women know who adam levine is they know that he is married they know he has kids and they still continue to dm with him like, to me, it's like, uh, let's have some responsibility. People engaged in flirty d- DMs with Adam Levine because I'm sure they thought it was cute that Adam Levine was DMing them. But, like, fuck. Like, it's not that big of a deal. How does he explain the DM comments, though? You look better in person. Well, that's what I said in with Sumner. It sounds like he met on a plane because if you look at the, the messages that she posted, he talks about being on a plane and how this plane, something about this plane. She was covering the mess, some of the message, but it looks like they were on a plane together and met on a plane. And then he went and slid into her DMs after the fact. So... You look better in person. Yeah, that's what it was. In, that's what it referenced. Because I was like, oh, he did say that. And then I saw the comment where he talks about being on a plane with her and how other people on this plane. And she even says, oh, my God, when I saw you, I knew that I was screwed. Well, Carl, then you need to have a little accountability. You're not so naive then. And when you're trying to leak it to Morgan Stewart at Daily Pop, mm, Every everyone has a different a different definition of cheating. Yeah, I agree. No, it's not cheating. It's not cheating. It's being flirty. It's is it wrong and inappropriate? Yes, it's inappropriate. I agree. Would never be Adam sloppy seconds. Listen, I would be Adam sloppy seconds. I'm not gonna lie. I would sit on his face. But that's just me. I mean, if he were single, if he were single, not with his wife, obviously. But like, if he were single, I think he's hot. I think Adam Levine is hot. And listen, if. 
he were single and he were... De- we also don't know how old these messages are. They could have been pre his wife. They could have been before he was... They could have been when he was single, some of these messages. We don't have, like, real timestamps of this. It seems like everybody's trying to jump in on this and get a little clout and a little attention. And Sumner's OnlyFans subscriptions, I'm sure, going through the roof. <sighs> Speaking facts. Thank you, guys. She wanted more traffic for her OnlyFans. And she got it. She made a video playing a song, making fun of it, proving she didn't feel bad. Yeah, she doesn't feel bad. Adam wants attention from pretty women. Yeah, here's the thing. There are a ton of those guys. They need validation, right? So they need to constantly be flirting with pretty girls so that they can get their ego inflated because it makes them feel good. Because they're like, yeah, I can still get it. Scratching my balls. Zach, frozen is hot or I'm not frozen. Um, I definitely think the DM stuff is about the partner's perspective of cheating, but I would be fucking pissed and, and consider it cheating. Yeah. See, and I think some people would consider that cheating. I wouldn't consider that cheating. I think if you're DMing somebody, I would be pissed. Listen, if my man was DMing people and saying this shit, I would be pissed. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You idiot. Like, why are you DMing other people? You have this prize at home and you're going to DM some bitch on OnlyFans. Go subscribe to her OnlyFans and jerk off in the bathroom. Okay. Cause you're not getting any tonight number one and number two don't dm her and tell her she's hot maybe she is hot and it's nice to give somebody a compliment but like come on joe says i want to jump on this too more like jump on that dick do we think adam is hung do you think adam's i don't think he's hung i think he has like a nice pretty average sized penis it's giving Lenny Hochstein emotional affair. I don't think it's an emotional affair because in order to have an emotional affair, you need to connect with somebody. You need to have conversations with them. These were DMs and an occasional voice note where it was like nothing wild. Did you see the video of the girl who was dating her brother? Yes, that's Abby. I brought her up. Yeah. I don't know if I fully believe Abby's story either, but it, I think that there is some truth to what Abby was saying. She posted a second video saying that she didn't think that she was a victim and just basically clarified she knows she's not a victim. Yeah, after everybody told her that she wasn't a victim because she was talking to a married man. But in her initial video, she says, I was naive. I didn't know how LA worked. I was manipulated. You can't say you're naive and manipulated and not be trying to present yourself as a victim. Okay. She saw the backlash and she's like, let me clarify. If he names his kid Zach, I'm going to yell hella suspicious, right? Um, I also don't even think he was that serious. I think he was joking. I think he was being dumb and wanted to bring their DMs back into the forefront. He wanted to talk to her again. I don't believe he was ever going to actually name his kid. First of all, who the fuck is going to name their kid Sumner? It's, first of all, spelled wrong. And second of all, it sounds ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't believe he was actually going to name His wife would not allow that, okay? Thank you, Leo, for the three badges, my dear. I appreciate that. Like him having an affair was, like them having an affair was 2021. Other people are out here doing worse. Exactly. Other people are actually fucking other people. Not just DMing them. Adam's wife hasn't spoken out. Maybe she's not that upset. Well, my under, well, in his statement, he said that they were working it out. And my understanding is that some of these DMs were older and this had already come to the forefront and they had already worked it out. So the interesting thing is the Sumner, the most recent one he had with Sumner was from June of this year, um, which, oh, 
he just comes off very insecure and needs attention. Yeah, small dick syndrome. I think he needs attention from women to make himself feel good. I'm not underwhelmed by Adam. I think Adam's hot. I would hit it. He told another woman that he was naming his kid Z. Zia. Interesting. Get Zach's badges up, guys. Thank you, Vegas. Oh, which if you're watching this on the YouTube, smash that like button, guys. I love you. Kisses. Um, okay. Shall we shall we wrap? I spit out my water. He said, who would name their child Sumner? It's spelled wrong. It's true. It's true. Sumner Tabati. Let's talk about the husband. Oof. Right, Gus? Let's mention it all. She isn't a victim. The people that Army Hammer was talking to were actual victims. See, I have a hot take about that, too. Uh, Sarai. Sarai Quinn. Sarah, is it Sarah or Sarai? I'm, I'm hoping I'm not botching you that name. But the Army Hammer stuff too. I So here's the thing. The documentary series that they released, they've had to update it because some of the things, some of the accusations that the women were making were factually incorrect. And so they've had to clarify some of that, which one tells me that it was sloppily done. Um, and two, my thing is it's like, I also feel like these women were, they knew what they were getting. Listen, I'm the first person to be feminist. You know, I was raised by women. I believe, like, I believe women are the superior sex over men. Um, Sarah. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. Um, but when it comes to the Army Hammer stuff, I think that there's a, it's a little murky there too, because it's like, I think Army Hammer is kinky AF and, I mean, I don't know all the details. I haven't dug into it deep, but from, yeah, I would love to do a deep dive into the Army Hammer stuff. But again, when I do deep dives, I come with the facts and I try to, you know, present it as I see it. And I don't just go with whatever the mainstream narrative is. And that's why I get dragged all the time. But listen, with the Army Hammer stuff, I haven't dug into it deep. But from what I do know and from what I have seen, it seemed like he was very, very kinky. It seemed like he liked this BDSM crazy shit. Um, listen, and I've had guys get real kinky with me in, in like the, the communication, I want to do this or I want you to do that and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think it's a little murky there and I don't know if he's, it's fully, um, what people are making it out to be, you know, just because like being kinky and agreeing to have sex with somebody and agreeing to all of these things ahead of time. I don't think there are any charges filed against Army Hammer either, right? Like, that's also... Big. Like, Harvey Weinstein had charges filed against him. He, you know, Bill Cosby arrested, went to prison. Ultimately, he ended up getting released. He's uh, he's a jerk and kinky, but cannibal. Yeah, I think he's a jerk. I think he's an arrogant douchebag. Um, and I think he's very kinky and I don't think he's an actual cannibal. Listen, I don't know. I haven't dug that deep into it, but I don't think he actually wants to eat people's body parts. I think he like gets off on that shit. You know, like people say all the time, like people say crazy shit when they're into their kinks and stuff. Kinks are very diverse. They are. They are. He didn't kidnap these women. Yeah, he didn't kidnap them. He didn't. I mean. I don't there I believe some of them are saying that he held them against their will but again like they cannibal as is role play yeah I believe it was like a role play situation he isn't yeah he's in an actual cannibal he's not Jeffrey Dahmer eating people um 
I should, we should actually probably stop this conversation because YouTube's probably going to get mad at us for talking about this stuff. Um, but listen, I if you guys want me to do a deep dive into it, I'm happy to deep dive into it. But fantasy is different than actually doing stuff too. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is true. I also think women that were in relationships with these people have a harder time coming forward with things. Yeah, listen, if we want to do a real deep dive into the Army Hammer stuff, I'm happy to to dive into it. Um, but from what I've seen so far, it sounds like he was just super kinky and these women decided to dive in with him and it was probably more than they were willing to handle. Um, and unfortunately things, you know, either things got out of hand or, you know, if you do do a deep dive, bring Ryan Bailey on. Oh, is he talking about it? I know Ryan Bailey doesn't always agree with my hot takes though. Um, at least army doesn't play with a Kentucky Klondike bar or a Pomeranian petting zoo. Do not look them up on Urban Dictionary. You have been warned. Okay, yeah, that, I'm not going to look that up, Joe. Thank you. I had no interest before. Now I have no interest now. Okay, so let's wrap. Oh, wow, we have a very long episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, I have a new episode coming up this Monday. I have Anthony, or sorry, not Anthony, Andy. Andy Lawani coming on the podcast this upcoming Monday. So stay tuned for that. It is going to be um, good because we're going to talk about lots of tea. I have lots of good guests coming up, lots of fun to come. So stay tuned. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. And Meghan Markle, The Revenge Book by Tom Bauer. We're going to break down this upcoming Tuesday. So make sure you read the next five chapters, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. And if you guys want to join next week's after party after next Thursday's live, then be sure to get the membership members live soon. Yes. Member the next after party for members only will be next Thursday after Thursday night live. So if you want to join in, be sure to sign up for a membership right now. YouTube.com slash just plain Zach. It's only $2.99. I have lots of fun content. I'm going to be uploading some content that I just taped with Brock Davies. Um, I'll give you guys some early access to some stuff. So get ready. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, and I will talk to you all very soon. Ciao for now. Bye.